When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast, where usually every week we sit here and we dissect the absolute mess that is every single cast member of 90 Day Fiance. This week, we're going to be talking about um, season three, episode 14 of 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, also known as the finale of 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, season three. Also, in my personal opinion, known as Four weddings and one that didn't happen and one that I really wanted to see as a wedding anyway. So that's what we're going to be calling it here today. I am, of course, your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Puyazan Vakili, ready to break all of this down here for you. And as always, I've got a guest here with me to navigate alongside the Hot Mess Express. And today we have got a returnee to the table here to talk about all the weddings and the one that didn't happen. It is one half of the hosts of the Love Island Rehap Up. It is one half of the hosts of the Kowski Cast Riverdale podcast. It is one half of the hosts of the Bojack Horse Pod podcast and the Temptation Island Rehap Up and the F Boy Island Rehap Up. And if there are dummies on a hot island, she's there. It's Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing today? <laughs> It's, I feel like I've been on such a break from podcasts. Like I've had like maybe two in in a week for a lo- the last little while. But when you list out all of my credits like that, it really seems like I podcast more than Chappelle. That's not true. I mean, no one can podcast like that, man. I feel like he's on a podcast right now. If you, if you just, if we quiet up and just listen, you'll hear him in the background laughing at something, you know? Yeah, I'm surprised that we're able to use StreamYard to record anything because I just assume it's always <laughs> recording Chappelle. It's the Chappelle channel, StreamYard is. That's the other uh, word for it. But yes, thank you so much for having me back. I'm really glad that I didn't, uh, you know, ruin my chances when I came on earlier this season. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I feel like uh, this this episode had more mess than I thought that it would have. And uh, yeah. it was good. It was good and fun. Yeah, it's always a delight having you on here, Kirsten. And it really was a fun episode. And I think that is the the energy I'm coming in here with is that I had a good time. And as much as there's a lot of couples I'm not rooting for, I do love love and I do love a good wedding. And we got a bunch of them here today. And some of them in the good sense, they're just good, heartwarming. Some of them were silly and some of them 
had some moments, and we're going to dive into all of those here today. Now, let's talk about, let's go, let's start here with the one couple that didn't get married and really had one scene and a bit of a whimper of a finale after being heavily featured for most of the season. It's Ari and Binium. Now, Kirsten, take it away here. What have your thoughts been on Ari and Binium since we last spoke? Okay, so I do want to be fully transparent here. Most of the season I kept up with just through the podcast. Um, but when you asked me to come back, so I've watched the last three episodes um, in preparation. And it's so funny because when I'm listening to the podcast and I'm listening to what these people did, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Whatever, 90 day. But when I'm watching the episodes, I am filled with just righteous indignation and rage at these people. And with Ari especially, like she is acting like she has been traumatized. She is acting like something horrible has happened to her um, that her uh, husband, uh, my fiance, uh, her guy, I don't know, um, like he's done just something so terrible to her that she couldn't possibly go back to his home country and, and be there anymore because it would be too embarrassing and too shameful. And I'm just sitting here like no, n- literally nothing happened. Like, what are you talking about? I know. And like, here's the thing. Someone did bring this to my attention on Twitter last week after Scally was on here. And they highlighted that, you know, there is a civil war going on in Ethiopia as of uh, November, last November. So they thought maybe that's the reason why uh, Ari's being so evasive to wanting to go. And they're not showing us any of this. I think after this episode, it's just clear to me that she has made this big thing about not wanting to go back, not wanting to face anyone there. And I think it's like self-inflicted trauma to a degree where she just does not want to face them anymore. And obviously I think she knows that if she goes back after all the fuss that has happened between the two of them, after she pulled him to Kenya, the family's going to have some questions for her. Friends are going to have some comments to say, and I don't think she wants to face any of that. So When we get into this episode, obviously the last time we saw this, the immigration lawyer tells them, hey, Binium, your interview's in 19 days and you need to be quarantined for 14 days. So you really have five days to pack up, go back to Ethiopia, quarantine, and then do your interview. So there's a little time for turnaround. And the the immigration lawyer also mentioned, hey, Ari, it would be helpful if you went with him for support. Because even if you can't get into the building, you can you can leverage that and it can show that you're there, that you care, that you're still an ongoing couple. Now, obviously, as someone who has definitely gone through this K-1 visa process, I can tell you that factually, she doesn't need to be there. So factually, she doesn't need to be there because most of these people that do these interviews are doing it with their partner, the American counterpart, usually stateside, like doing their own thing in America, waiting anxiously by the phone for the results. They're not going to be there. And if they're there, they can be let in to accompany you in some circumstances. Some places they don't allow it. And then obviously with COVID, only the people that have the interview are allowed in for you know maximum safety. So truthfully, she doesn't need to be there for this interview. If he gets approved or denied, it's not going to be off of that at all point blank. But from a motivational standpoint, I think it would have helped, especially because Binium does raise this here. But I do. I mean, I love to hear your take on it because I have felt this way. And I've been watching for 13 flipping episodes of like, 
if you two are saying you're good, you can stand by each other and it's going to be okay. If it's not a civil war, I don't see what's going on here. Well, yeah, and that's the thing too. So the the idea that this uh, like hesitancy to go back to Ethiopia is because of civil war, it's an interesting thought, but I think that if that was the case, the show would be leaning on it so heavily in the way that they um, leaned on the hurricane with well, the, you'd the inventor that, of it all. Like they would make it part of the show. Well, and like, and I feel like Ari would want that to be part of her reasoning, right? Because that's a who's going to argue against that? But yeah, there's a, literally a civil war. Don't go. It's dangerous. You don't want your baby there. It's dangerous. You don't want your partner there. It's dangerous. I feel like that would have been a big highlight, but it's not. So it makes me feel like it's these other factors and, and everything else that's been going on, which I will say this. And I've said this a couple episodes ago. I'll say it again. I wish TLC would give us the full story of what happened because I think that would give us a better, clearer image in that if I'm standing here being like, I don't agree with Ari. But then I have the full info. And in fact, Binium was being very, very shady. Then I'm not going to have the stance anymore of like Ari's wrong. I'm like, no, Binium's wrong. Ari makes sense. But I feel like they're not giving us the full story here. Well, the 100% not giving us the full story. But the thing is, is that even if we have the full story, like, I feel like um, I've heard you mention many times, specifically about Ari and Binium, that uh, it seems like there's love there. And you mostly want things to work out because of their baby and because there is a child involved. And that makes total sense to me that obviously it would be great if they could figure out a good compromise in the best interest of their baby. But like, I just, I feel like they're in a situation where they just never intended, their relationship was never supposed to be this serious. They don't have any of the coping skills. They don't actually have a long-term plan to be supportive partners for each other. and like. Binium doesn't want to move permanently to the States. He just doesn't want to lose his baby. And that's not a basis like for a happy marriage. Yeah. Well, like it feels like literally he's only wanting to do this to salvage the marriage and salvage not losing another baby for the second time in a similar circumstance. Like we've already learned about his trauma with his first wife and his first son being stateside and he can't see that sun anymore so i definitely feel like that's been highlighted but then this has been a little bit more muddied now we didn't get a lot from them already mentioned this but then the big bombshell here for the ari binium story which is what they kind of leave us on is ari says that she's not sure about going to ethiopia for this interview and she you know just doesn't want to risk going back and opening up all these old wounds so then we see well, a time wounds lapse. are we closed. The wounds aren't closed. She's so upset anyways. I mean, they're not going to, that's the thing is like, they're not going to change, but also it's like, if the whole worry is like his family and friends, you're binded to him. Like he's not going to lose contact with them and you're definitely not going to go on never talking to them in some capacity. Right. So then they don't even give us the next, it's not like they cut the scene. They go to another couple. They full on give us a time lapse and Binny's going to Ethiopia and she has said she's not going with him. So Binny's off alone going there for this interview and they leave us there. They don't tell us how the interview goes or anything. However, we can hit you with a little bit of a spoiler here. Um, not so much a spoiler. They literally show this on the next time on. So the next time on is going to be the first part of the tell all unknown whether it's going to be a two part or three part or not. I have no idea, but next week's going to be a tell all. I will have Sasha here with me to talk all about that. Yes. But we do see Binium with Ari. So he made it to the States. 
folks. He made it. He passed the interview. He's there. So we'll see what else has gone on since. Hopefully we can dive in a little bit more into the two of them because in the preview that we saw, the, Ari is going to have to face Binium's sisters and they're going to argue via Zoom call. So that's always great. Yeah. And that argument, like, I guess it's just the part that they show. So maybe it's not as intense as it actually looks, but it looked like things are going to get very intense and very mean. And I, uh, I can't, I really, I finished the episode and I was like, oh, I want the tell all now. Like, like Veruca Salt. <laughs> the tell alls are, I mean, Rob's mentioned this. He's been on record to say this. It's his favorite part of the season and they always are a good time. Now the three parters can drag on. Two parts are perfectly fine. I'm very excited as well. I'll tell you this. I almost didn't watch the preview because I don't want to just, you know, be hanging on it for a whole six days before the next episode. But got to make sure everyone here gets their fill and gets their information. So here we are. But I'm very excited for the fireworks here. I'm very excited to find out what Ari thinks, what Binium's going to say. Are we going to get down to the nitty gritty? Are we going to find out what happened? What's the cause? Are we going to learn stuff about uh, all of this from his sisters? I feel like there's going to be a lot to uncover there. And I'm going to be there in the front row with popcorn. Oh, me too. Like, I literally, Puya got Discovery Plus so that I can watch oh. more 90 Day. I got it today. So Hey, we love um, that. There you go. Yeah, I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch some old seasons. Uh, yeah. I, let I'm me know. Let me know if you need recommendations. I got you. I got you. Yeah, is, is this yeah. like the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Is there like a shot order <laughs> I'm supposed to watch them in? There is an order that I can give you, yes. And I've given this order out to people before. I know at least of two people who have gone back and watched it chronologically and made a huge dent in it i will definitely send you that so you have access to it um and i can also give you some highlights of which seasons are better than others well and it's just simply the perfect show for me to watch on like 2x while i'm working so you tend to not miss much if you do that so that actually is a solid shout yeah yeah can't i can't wait anyway sorry that's completely (laughs) unrelated to everything else but yeah uh question marks on Ari and binyam we'll find out at the tell-all Find out more next week. Yeah. All right. So then (laughs) (laughs) we can move right ahead to a big question mark, followed by an exclamation mark, followed by a question mark, followed by an exclamation mark. It's Steven and Alina, folks. All right. And the next and last week we saw the preview. Steven's out here with all these cat kennels trying to lure the, the neighborhood cats of Turkey to his wedding. But that wasn't the best part. You'd think they'd give you the best scene. The best part was watching Steven verbally talk us through his plans for this kidnapping, catnapping, if you will, of these cats. So Steven has specifically thought, okay, well, you know, when I pictured this wedding, I pictured it at a church with groomsmen, like a whole production, and we can't have that. And so I want to bring some guests over to this wedding, and I'm going to bring some of these cats that we've, you know, fallen in love with during our visit. But that's not all. He had a specific itinerary of who he wanted, and it went as follows. He wanted Mr. Cuddles, Cucumber, (laughs) Cactus, and of course, the lovely Cow Cat were on the list for the wedding. See, I I feel like you seem astonished and dismayed. It makes total logical sense to me if I can't have my friends and family at my wedding. I want a bunch of feral cats for sure. Um, but Kate, the way that this was presented in the preview from last week's episode was like, oh, 
this is so unhinged. He's just grabbing cats. And it didn't really give any context that this is something that would mean a lot to Alina and that this is like actually kind of a sweet gesture to bring the cats that they've like befriended. It just seemed like, oh, he's replacing people with cats. What a kooky guy. But it was actually like a really kind gesture that meant a lot to Alina. No, it was very sweet. It was very sweet. And I love the the thought of it. I think ultimately with Steven, we've ragged on him the whole season for some of his questionable moves, questionable statements, questionable behaviors. But when he goes to do the romantic gestures for Alina, he doesn't miss. He does a good job of them. The proposal was very similar for me where I love the proposal that he did and the way he planned it out. And obviously he picked out a really nice venue here with a good view for the wedding. For me, the bafflement was, my guy, you're really discriminating on which cats can attend? Like, why can't the orange one be there? Why can't the orange one be there? Why did Mr. Laser Runner get only added in because you couldn't find two of them? Like, why is that a thing? Why can't all cats be there? Why, Kate, but why do these cats have such wild names? There's no theme. (laughs) Like, which ones do you think... Alina named him. Which ones do you think Steven named? I think he named Laser Runner for sure. He's la- he named Laser Runner. I think that Alina named Cowcat. Cowcat sounds yep. like Alina. Mr. Cuddles sounds like Alina. I don't know. He might be the guy who puts the Mr. in front of him. Uh, yeah, I could see him doing Mr. Cuddles. I can weirdly see Alina naming Cactus. I could see Cactus. Who's Cucumber, though? Who did Cucumber? Oof. I don't know, man. You want to rank, you know what? Let's, we have five cats named here. Rank them in order of good cat names. Okay. So there's, uh, cow cat, cucumber, cactus, Mr. Cuddles, and Mr. And, Laser Runner. And is it Mr. Laser Runner? I mean, I wrote Mr. Maybe I gave it the formal, but <laughs> you're runner. just showing respect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. I love when animals are just named after foods. I think it's really funny. Yes. So I feel like cucumber as a cat name is hilarious. I like cucumber. You could be well. like, hey, cuke, come here. Mm-hmm. What a cuke name. What a cuke name. Um, <laughs> I think worst by far is Mr. Laser Runner. We're in agreement once again. Fifth place, Mr. Laser Runner. I really do like Cow Cat because yeah. you don't need to see Cow Cat to know which one Cow Cat is. It matches the description. I, I'm happy to put Cow Cat at number two. Agreed. Same And page. so then it's between Mr. Cuddles and Cactus. And I'm at a loss because Mr. Cuddles is an adorable name. But Cactus is, again, it's so random that it kind of makes me chuckle and makes me happy. See, Cactus is a better dog name to me. And that's the, that's what breaks the tie. <laughs> Wait, but cats have whiskers, which is kind of like the spines on a cactus. Yes, but I just, when I hear cactus, I'm picturing a little dog, not so much a little cat. And I feel like okay. cat names are usually more left field. I feel like people, you know, they'll name their dog Bernard, but then they'll name their cat <laughs> Spaghetti. And like, yeah. that's just normal. So for you that have reason. You use my father's name as the example of a dog name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry, Mr. McKinnis. Please, if you're listening, shout out to you. He doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Hey, you can never be too safe around here. All right. Oh, God. Okay, so then uh, that puts Mr. Cuddles as third and Cactus at fourth. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's still works. a better name than Mr. Laser Runner. 
Yeah, the, Mr. Laser Runner, maybe I'm starting to understand why Mr. Laser Runner wasn't on the initial invite list and only was a last <laughs> second one. No, do you think he's named that because he like gets the zoomies or what is a zoomie? Like when cats like just start running, like Oh, yes. Know? That's that's exactly why. I think Laser Runner was a little evasive and like avoided the pets initially. And they mm-hmm. thought, ooh, this one's really fast. Let's call it Laser Runner. You know what? No, Mr. Laser Runner to you. Cats. No, sorry, Mr. Laser Runner is my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. So how do we pick this up where we were? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so he got the cats and it was actually really cute. Um, you said that your favorite part was that he was being selective about the cats, but my favorite part was when they got to the venue and were told animals are not allowed in and the wedding planner instantly just goes, I need to speak to a manager. Yeah. And, and the attendant there was like, you could, but she, no, where's the manager? So then they went to the manager and the manager was like, well, what if they escape? She's like, no, 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 we'll hold them. We'll hold them. Obviously, by the time ceremony comes around, we see that they're not being held out. So I think the agreement was they'll stay in the kennels. So they were allowed in. So now the cats are coming in. They're allowed into the venue. That's great. We get a confessional from Steven who says cats are people. We know that. And if by people you mean, uh, selective with who they'll let around them and might ignore you. Yes, cats are very much like people. Makes sense. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. So then they place each cat, cat kennel on a seat. And I will say, Kristen, we both have two cats. I was expecting a lot more angry protest meowing from these cats. They were not as loud as I thought they were going to be. They were not as loud as I anticipated. My cats, uh, when you put them in a car or in a carrier, they like they will sing the song of their people. Yeah, um, they're as they howling. Are like when I drove with my cats from Alberta to BC, which was over ten hours in a car, um, they freaked out a lot, and I had to actually have them out of the carrier and like leashed like to a chair. And then when they would get riled up, I would just turn on the seat heater and it would calm them down. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the that's the thing. Where like when I've not been on a long journey with the cats. When we moved, we had them in the car for about fifteen minutes, five minutes up the stairs, and it was the loudest I've heard these cats. Like they don't make noise at all. Otherwise, so it's horrible. And it's and it's like they. It's not a good meow. It's always like the bad, like I'm miserable meow. So. I was very surprised that these cats were just fine, especially they're like free cats. They're just like roaming around and stuff. (laughs) Free cats. Well, but the thing is, is during the actual wedding itself, they did provide a bit of a soundtrack, which I thought was hilarious. Like (laughs) to get a wedding singer. Like, so you're getting married and the people that have uh, come are uh, your housekeeper, your landlord, the front desk person at your building, and then five stray cats in carriers that are just (laughs) like, like, oh, okay. Yeah, that is a wedding that you will not forget. No, it's a very memorable wedding. I was uh, (laughs) in complete shock so yeah steven invited his landlord his landlord's wife the house cleaner the front and he he said they were all so supportive of us 
during our time customer here, service. Like, dude, they're getting paid to be supportive. Of course they're going to do it. Like if you paid me, I'd be at your wedding. You know, like I would definitely do that. That's an easy decision for me. They would so, have just had to pay for my travel and I would have for sure gone. Yeah. Kirsten, are you a Star Wars person? Absolutely not. Okay. I was like, this is a shame because I don't think either of us can verify if the reference he wanted to make was the reference he wanted to make. Cause he was like, Oh, she looked so good when she came out in her wedding dress. She looked like that princess from star Wars. And I was like, wait, who was the one that Anakin likes? And then the producer was like, princess Amidali. He's like, okay, princess Amidali. Cause I thought he was going to mention Leia, but that's all I know about star Wars. So well, like, I don't okay. Know. So I have seen Amidala. actually, uh, episode one, which mm-hmm. is where princess, Amadala is and I don't know if it's necessarily like the most accurate but I think it's because like her wedding dress had like somewhat similarity to this yeah. one robe that she wears um, I'm looking at it now and it does check out yeah, yeah with Padme. the like there we go like the red like robe with like the fur on it mm-hmm. and like the gold <laughs> detailing um, robe yeah, she- with the fur with the fur <laughs> when the whole club was looking at her <laughs> um yeah so i have seen that one but i don't remember like who she like you could a- tell me any ask me anything about her and the only thing i would know was the single stripe of red lipstick on the bottom lip uh yeah no I, i've i looked at some photos and i think he got the right like the producers nice them they gave him the right person i think the reason why they put a subtitle there is because they he said princess amidali and i'm looking at this and it's amidala, it's amidala. Yeah, so he goofed there. That's why it was there. All well, right, I Star mean, Wars fans, we're good. Stephen thought it was Princess Leia, so uh, yes, the producer did. did way better than him. Uh, the other thing, too, I guess to bring up is before the wedding itself, we did see Alina like zooming or FaceTiming or whatever with her mom, and her mom is not happy about the wedding still. I mean, I feel like it's a combination of her not approving of Stephen for obvious reasons that mm-hmm. have been documented throughout this podcast for obvious but, reasons. <laughs> but also because she's missing her daughter's wedding so i think and i think that's the big one for her she wanted to be there for the daughter's wedding she's not uh but they get married it was very lovely otherwise seeing the ceremony was great and then the next time on with them let me just quickly pull up my notes here and the next time on with them they're asking steven straight up have you talked to other women and he's being evasive and elena's like you might as well be honest with me here it's going to get awkward. I foresee Steven being the person that everyone dogs at the reunion. They usually dog one person. Steven's an easy person to go after. So I foresee him being the one everyone's talking It's like, on. how bad do you have to be that you're on the same season of a show with Sumit and you're the <laughs> one who gets dogged on? Like, that, it's embarrassing for Steven, truly. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I I can't wait to talk about Jenny and Sweet because I think they're going to have the best scene in all of the reunion. And I'm so excited for it. Oh, but my God. It really is. It's like, who's the dummiest of the dummies? And that's the person everyone will usually like. What is what is up with you? What well, what are you doing? And that's going to be Stephen. That's my prediction. Uh, yeah, I think I would have to co-sign that. Obviously, you have the expertise in the 90-day franchise, so I will have to defer to that. But uh, yeah, it's not going to be a good time. And he does, in the preview for the tell-all, he does something that he's done several times throughout the season where something comes up 
that is very obviously going to come up. And he goes, oh, well, it was just sprung on me. Like, Why'd you spring this on me? Like, <laughs> like when he's like, oh, what? Only three days to ha- plan a wedding. And it's like, you came here to get married. It's you not a surprise. Like, and so when he's shown his whole ass, his whole clown face on this TV show for 14 episodes. Well, yeah, no shit. It's going to come up in the reunion. And he's like, oh, wow, this has really just been sprung on me. Like, I feel like he's the kind of guy who's just like, oh, that really threw me for a loop. But you knew. I mean, you traveled to Turkey to get married in a quick fashion so you can then go to Russia. So you knew what the assignment was, but you somehow forgot to submit it. I don't know. (laughs) Steven's going to Steven. It's just an extension of like this show in general is that I do feel like um, the show presents like the 90 days to get married as like, oh, these are 90 days to get to know someone and decide if you Mm -hmm. want to get married. But like, as you obviously are well aware and have educated so many of us on the um, visa process. No, by the time you have that visa, it's like, no, we are getting married. It's not the visa a test. Gets, yeah, the visa gets issued to you under the premise that you have literally agreed. You Because one of the documents you submit is a signed declaration that you will be marrying the person you are getting the visa for when you arrive to the States. So it's it couldn't be more clear what you're doing. But am I surprised? And I mean, it's I know that I think they're on a visit visa. So that's a little bit different. Yeah. But, but like they did it because yeah. he wouldn't be able to get into Russia until they're married. Exactly. So, like, he knew what he was coming here to do. And, like, yeah, they're only 20, so they're literally babies. But, like, at at some point, you have to just, like, own up to what you have planned to do and be like, yes, I knew this was happening. If you have planned these elaborate proposals and you have foresight, you knew you were getting married. But it's fine. We've talked (laughs) enough about Steven. He'll get his licks (laughs) on the next episode. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now let's talk about this next couple. It's Corey and Evelyn. And I'm actually intrigued to talk about them for once because they had a very funny moment happen in their whole saga. But let's start from the top here. So we start off at their wedding day and Corey is pretty much feeling all the feelings. 
Evelyn, however, is starting to feel a little bit anxious, a little bit like, you know, getting like, to a panic attack. I feel like she wasn't even necessarily until he was like, if you have a panic attack, you have to call me. You can't just run. <laughs> like, I feel like he was badgering her and almost like putting her on the brink of a panic attack, um, probably, you know, rooted in his own anxiety. But like, that's not how you talk to someone with anxiety. And uh, Evelyn says in the confessional that she really struggles with anxiety, that this is something that she has. It seems to be something that's been diagnosed even in the past four years, that it's really hard for her. And Corey is not being a supportive partner to someone who has anxiety. I feel like rule number one of human interaction is if someone is not calm, saying calm down will not help kind of thing Mm -hmm. so you'd think he would know but he doesn't i mean i think Corey too in his core is terrified that she is going to back out of this wedding and this has been documented because you know evelyn has been on record to say i don't believe in marriage i don't really want to ever get married and now she's doing it but the road reaching the marriage has been bumpy at best already married well, we know this. <laughs> we know, but he, they both are acting like they're not married, which is wild to me. Uh, the ceremony at this point is cosmetic at best because they're already married. But listen, this is their way of, I think they, I think both of them didn't see it as like a, it's done, done until the ceremony validates it. And I think that's where they're coming from with this. Well, I think it's dumb as hell. And I like I don't I don't care about them at all. Like I don't care if they're happy. I don't care if they're unhappy. I don't care if they're together or apart. I'm I just don't take. care. Like and it's the thing too where when I'm listening to you rag on them on the podcast, I'm like, oh, they're not so bad. But then the second they're on your screen for like three and a half minutes, you're like, uh no. Uh these <laughs> Are the dregs of society. The way I see my time is not dissimilar to how cell phone minutes were a thing at one point. <laughs> if I have a finite number of minutes, if a person I don't want to talk to is talk is calling me, you have one minute. Like I'm not giving you more time. And I feel like Corey and Evelyn are running down my minutes, and I'd much rather use those minutes elsewhere. So that's really where it is for me. Like, I don't care. Like move on move past you're not even fun for me so that's where i come from with it like they're all ready married <laughs> this meant no, like it's nothing i like i just can't believe how much juice they squeezed out of this couple over the course I, of the season now that they've gotten this wedding ceremony though i just i do not see them coming back I don't see them coming back unless they're short on people for like the happily ever after and they bring them back again because they're not interesting. The most interesting thing that happens in this episode with them is this next scene that I'm going to describe here. Well, first of all, can we talk about how sad Corey made a dog look? A dog is usually the most energetic thing in the room. Happy. You're always excited to see a dog. And Corey's like, I don't have anyone here to be my best man. So I guess this puppy's going to be my best man. Mm-hmm. I'm very sad. 
Yeah, the dog probably had other plans and didn't want to go to the dumb wedding. (laughs) Yeah, the dog had a whole season of Great British Bake Off burning a hole on their DVR (laughs) and now has to take time off to come to this nonsense. I just... And the thing is, is for at least the last two episodes, Corey has made himself into such a sad sack about how nobody is here for him. He has no friends. Nobody's on his side. And I'm like, buddy... How long have you been there? You've made no friends? Like, that's a you problem. (laughs) Well, he made a friend, and that's the best thing that's happened in this episode. Oh, my God. Raul, last episode, was like, I don't care how. I don't care who. I know you said I can't come to the wedding. I will find a way to be at that wedding. He shows up to the venue. He said it so angry, too, though. Like, he didn't say it as like, oh, I want to be there for Corey because he's my friend. He said it like, I'm going to be there no matter what because I've got to show Evelyn. He did do that, and the show made it seem like he was coming in there with nefarious purposes. Even when he pulled up to the venue, it kind of looked sketchy. It looked like, what is your ulterior motive here? What are you doing? And Corey doesn't help that either by, you know, literally in confessionals talking about how worried he is. But it sounds like Corey was more worried about Evelyn's reaction. Corey has nobody to the point where even this like frenemy he has, he'll take. He would, you know, who Corey needed Steven to bring him the animals across the country and people's landlords and random people on the street to join the wedding. If Steven can do it, so can you. I mean, he found one dog. It's his dog. <laughs> that is not finding. That is a having. He has dog. Dog comes to wedding. Well, he maybe he could have found more. Then that dog would have been less upset because it would have had friends. That's that's fair. <laughs> you had to be kidnaps a bunch of street dogs. Um, I mean, I feel like, would that be easier than getting cats? I feel like it would be easier to get dogs than cats. I mean, I think it depends. I think if they've only lived on the street, it might be hard to get them. True. True. I mean, I'm no dog whisperer, so I couldn't tell you that. Cats I mean, agree with me, but also I've my own cats putting them in the little cat thing is difficult. So cats I don't know, probably impossible. <laughs> Stephen and Alina spent weeks building relationships with those five select cats. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't random cats. It was a long con and a half. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, his his little buddy is there um, and seemed very angry. Oof. Yeah, no, definitely not happy at all. But here's the thing. Evelyn seems like she's not also all that happy. Evelyn talks about she she doesn't she didn't dream of a wedding and she's never really wanted a wedding. She's always felt like she's built herself up to be the strong, independent woman. And she wants people to know that you don't have to be married to be that way. You can be successful without being married. If you want to be married, that's fine, but you don't need to be married. And I did like her saying this. I did appreciate that. Uh, but it was, this was the build up to her, like about to walk the aisle. So the big worry I had this episode was that her sister, Leslie, if you remember, was the person that was tapped to officiate. And I was really worried that Leslie was going to throw some uh, jabs into the ceremony. And I was not ready for it. But it worked out. Yeah, thankfully, uh, she understood the spirit of the occasion and was like, okay, um, I threw all of the punches I can throw. Um, Obviously, the wedding is still happening. So 
I'll keep I'll I'll keep going with this and I'll just do it right now. <laughs> okay, well, so then they go through their their wedding, they do their toasts. I'm oh, sorry, they're not their toasts, their vows. Uh, that's fine. Everything's good. They're married. I just but- felt so bad when Evelyn was like. Oh my God, you like, you look so amazing to Corey because like he explicitly did not look amazing. Kirsten, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Evelyn is a gorgeous woman who deserves better than Corey, who literally looks like a thumb. <laughs> he does look like the thumb from Spy Kids, like the little thumb people. <laughs> he does have that build to him. Well, listen, even the person who's asking you riddles under the bridge. If someone finds them beautiful, I say, you know, go for it. You know, you deserve happiness. I just, I think that Evelyn deserves more happiness than what Corey can provide. (laughs) Well, listen, it seems to have worked for now. They seem to be okay for now. So that's Mm -hmm. good. But then at the ceremony, you know, everything's good. They're having fun, whatever. Midway through the ceremony, through the wedding, Evelyn does notice Raul's there. And not only this, Raul decides, I'm going to make a toast about them. They were both worried. Corey was shitting bricks. He really thought this was going to be a problem. And then it doesn't help when Raul goes up to Corey and says, listen, sorry, man, but I'm going to do this whole thing in Spanish. I really thought he was going to tell everyone all the wrong things about Corey. But honestly, it turned out to be a very funny, very charming toast. It was great. It was very charming, but it made me think, like, is this guy, like, half in love with Evelyn still? I mean, waiting in the wings? Yes. I think that's never gone away. And I think I've felt this for a long time. Um, I think part of it, too, is he just he wants them to be happy. So that's good. But also, if they broke down the next, like, month, I don't think he's going to be, you know, opposed to a rekindling. Like he he showed up to the wedding being like, oh, Evelyn makes all these demands and it's not fair that no one is there for Corey, but then shows up and does a toast that makes me think he's in love with Evelyn. Yeah, I'm kind of okay with the fact that he didn't um, do anything, any objection or anything. Oh, I wish he had objected. And then they were like, we're already married. It would have been very funny if. um. If uh, what's it called? It would have been very funny if we got to this place where now Corey is worried and just like losing his mind. So. Like it would have been a bad thing for Corey, which is what I root for. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that kind of brings us to the end of the two of them. And I'm okay with leaving it there. Yeah, we're okay. Uh, Let's see. Next time on with the two of them. uh, Yeah. Jenny comes back up. We're going to talk about Jenny. And Evelyn's not going to be happy about it. But I could have told you, hey, the sky's blue and it's getting cold outside and you're going to hear Christmas music everywhere you go. And you'd be like, oh, no way. Really? Yeah, this is in the same vein. Of course, Jenny's going to come up. Of course, Evelyn's going to be upset. And of course, Corey's going to stand there doing his best impression of Spy Kids, the first movie. All right. (laughs) So we can now move on and talk about one of the biggest couples on this show. But it feels like an arc that has finally come to an end. Hopefully, it's Jenny and Sumit. Kirsten. Oh no, you this do shit's the just getting this shit's just getting started with them. I it, it will never be over. So for like a majority of this season, I've been like at the start of the season when I said that Sumit just clearly doesn't want to marry Jenny 
and you protested that I was right and you are wrong. But I guess you were right because they're married now. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be right. If it's any consolation, what? I'm not happy that I was right. I just, and the thing is, is like, they presented as though they were happy about it, but I'm not convinced that there wasn't like someone with a gun off camera being like, look happy, you're married now. Um, so they got, uh, Jenny's uh, visa did not get renewed. So they had to get married very quickly um, so that she would not have to leave the country. So they are not getting the wedding that they had intended. But here's where I was confused, Puya, because when they had gone to the astrologer before, the astrologer said, you can't get married in a temple. You can't have a big wedding. Like you have to do just like a court ceremony, basically. And I feel like this was a much more elaborate wedding than what that is, right? Yeah. Well, yes. Um, we did find out in this episode that that was no longer possible because Jenny's visa extension got denied. So the timeline got even pushed sooner. They have to immediately get done. And I guess like the offices were closed or something is kind of what they said. Basically, they made us believe that this is the smallest they could possibly do given the amount of time they have. So I just don't understand how this is like feasible and that's not, but they're legally well, the same. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. So it's because the process for that, if I remember correctly, they had to file, they had to get, they had to file something, wait 30 days for the processing then they would get the green light. Then they can have a like a courthouse marriage. So they have to go through a whole month of a waiting period, which they can no longer afford. Um, and I would like to think some of it is because Sumit is a dummy and paused the process. But obviously, that was like a day or two. So that's not going to be the reason. Whereas this way, they can get married immediately. They just need an officiant. They need a venue. They can do it that way. But the reason they were going to do that is because they wanted the special wedding or the uh, the non-traditional wedding, which is what they were offered up there. I just would really love if anyone has the knowledge to be able to explain how yes, like the legality of the marriages work and how like they didn't couldn't afford to wait to register for this other wedding, but how this one was available. Like, I just would love for someone to explain to me because I'm really confused by it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it was a lot more lavish than what they were making it. Um, they were told to do right they there was they mentioned like jenny mentions it was like a 10 percent. and honestly based on some of the stuff i've seen on chappelle's brought this before and i'm sure sasha will tell us a little bit more next week because i will ask her but um sasha had been to a couple weddings this last couple months and her instagram story was fireworks it was just amazing to see there's so much that goes into it it's so detailed it's so beautiful this was still beautiful and i still felt relatively detailed at least beyond what the astrologer had recommended. So they did try and take some precaution, right? We did learn that um, they got a calf to donate. Mm -hmm. um, they also fed the Brahmins at the temple to like, you know, bring them blessings and kind of counteract the fact that they're taking this more ceremonial uh, wedding. So they did try and battle it a little bit, but I think ultimately they just had to get married, period. What I'm very curious about is how did this not deter Sumit? I think ultimately, to me, 
I feel like Samit was just terrified of of losing the uh not only losing Jenny, well, I don't think he cares all much, but losing the <laughs> uh the sweet, sweet TLC ride that he's been having for the last five years. I feel like that could have played a role here. Because if Sumit was like, listen, the astrologer said we can't do it. I'm sorry, it's out of my hands. He is the villain. So Jenny's getting like because before it was like, well, Jenny can, you know, come back and go whenever. She can still stay here. She can't anymore. She has to leave, leave. And I feel like that put a spring in a step to not only get married, but also get married in a condition that we realized very clearly he did not want to get married in. Yeah. And but he did manage to do one more like shitty thing along the way and that he did not explain to Jenny any of the different like ceremonial aspects of what they were going to be doing. Like she didn't know what to do at many stages. And I feel like he could have warned her in advance and like, this is what we're going to do. This is how it works. This is what each step means. Um, whereas it feels like everything got sprung on her, like in the moment. Yeah. Well, also like they still did a couple of things, right? Where uh, she still had her friend Dipali organize a henna party for her, which is a Mandy tradition. But then it was only the two of them that did that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Dipali, I'm pretty sure, took the reins on that and set everything and set everything up. But then when they were getting the Brahmins were being fed and stuff, you're right. Uh, Sumit didn't really do anything. Jenny just kind of copied him as they went along. Um, but then ultimately, the ceremony itself was beautiful. I did enjoy it. And I did see this thread on Reddit, and I kind of want to echo it here. Jenny, for everything that she's dealt with with Samit and his family, has not once talked smack about India or their cultures and has done nothing but enthusiastically appreciate and learn everything. And for someone who has lived all their lives in America for, what, 55, 60 years to now move and then just embrace the change and embrace her surroundings, I love that so much from Jenny. And she showed even more of that class here on this episode, which I did love. Yes, uh, because like the thing is, I feel like if I were in a situation like that, I would want my future husband to explain to me all of the steps of what we were going to do so that I would know. I'd be so excited to do it and embrace it and like embrace my person's culture and like all of that, but I would want to know, like, here's what we're going to do today. Right. Right. Which I feel like (laughs) to be honest, can we be honest? Jenny probably could care less. Ultimately, she just wanted to get it done. It's like, whatever, we'll move this process along. We'll just get married. I didn't even think you wanted anymore. Let's just do this before he changes his mind. It's like the, it's like Corey. It's like the (laughs) Corey didn't want Evelyn to run away. Jenny didn't want Samit to run away. I but then you like end up in the situation where she's like taken away the food. <laughs> well, that seemed like an accident. It seemed like her skirt um kind of like pushed the food off, which to me made oh, it seem like she, it? that was not pl- you thought hey, she on purpose took the food away. The way it's the way it seemed to me from watching was that she had like accidentally taken the food from one to give to the others, and I like obviously no. was just watching oh it wrong so i was no, no, obviously no. just watching it wrong yeah no it was yeah it was uh, uh she by accident did that it like got knocked off the the plate well, yeah and then he's like wow in if it was earlier in history like they would turn you into a different animal 
oh my yeah, god, yeah, that was that was a choice from Sumit. I, I did not know why he went there, but he did. I mean, here's the thing too: we always got to remember when we're covering 90 Day, we cannot fight with logic because logic does not exist in this timeline. It's just dumb people doing and saying dumb things and Sumit is the king of the dummies. I really thought you were going to say you can't fight with love and I was like, I I mean, I guess uh, but yeah, I just, they had a beautiful wedding and I, I guess since they're married, I hope they're very happy but like I don't think there's a couple I would have less wanted to get married like even Steven and Alina, I was like more okay with them getting married Oh! And like I wasn't okay with it, just like to be clear, I was right. more okay. Yeah, I mean, we've watched the thing is we've watched Jenny have to fight for her life for how many seasons? But then when the prize is Sumit, you really do question like we don't want you to win this prize. If this is the prize, there are better prizes for less fighting available elsewhere. But listen, if they love each other and if they're happy, we are happy for them. Uh, ultimately. They again, I, I the ceremony was great. I loved everything about it. It's finally happened. I can't believe it's finally happened, but it has. I think there are a couple that we're not going to see on the other way moving forward, but we'll probably see them in like happily ever after if they remain and, and you know, keep going strong. I say all this, they could very well be on the next season of the other way, and I wouldn't be surprised. So I that is where that we're going to go. It's going to depend on what happens during this tell all. Yeah, so the big thing that we've left out here for you is that Jenny and Sumit are not telling Jenny and Sumit's parents that they're getting married. They decided we'll wait after the marriage and we'll tell them then. Even Dipali at the henna party was like, hey, you should probably tell them. And Jenny's reasoning was, well, I don't want them to spring into action and then start trying to mess things up again if we're so close, which I kind of I do get, even though they gave them their blessing. When it came to the blessing for marriage, they were very hesitant and said, we're not there yet. So they said, listen, we'll we'll sin now. We'll ask for forgiveness later. But then you think, OK, maybe they'll say it the day after, the week after. An hour after. <laughs> an, an, anything, maybe a text in like a month. But we go to the tell-all and the big thing in the tell-all with them is Sean is asking them, hey, did you tell the parents yet? And they're like, we're going to tell them today, actually, like later after this. And Sean says, no, no, no. Here are your parents on camera, on Zoom, live. Uh, Sumit, do you have anything you want to tell your parents? I am gobsmacked. Sumit is going to shit a entire brick live on television, and we're going to get to see it. And it's going to be magnificent. This is the type of disaster that you just cannot take your eyes off of. I want to know though, like obviously this is incredible. I can't, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath for this tell all so that I can see all of this. Um, but obviously if it's going to be a two or three part tell all, this is going to happen in the last part for sure. Um, what were his parents going to do? Like, the, I like how the, like Jenny described it as like, I don't want them to spring into action and put a stop. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to hire an army? Are they going to come up in a bunch of van? Like, what, they're going to kidnap some Like, what, what are they going to do? It's in I motion. Mean, yeah, your guess is as good as mine here. I don't know how they're going to react to this. They might not even, they might just switch off camera and leave. Like, I don't know. Um, but then that also, that also gives drama because then you have Sumi 
having to respond to the fact that his parents have just closed their computer. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to get very ugly very quickly. But also, honestly, um, if it all comes down to they kind of leave it open-ended, then that means we're going to get another season. So if you are rooting against seeing Jenny and Sumit, you're hoping that all of this gets covered on the tell-all. If for whatever reason it ends abruptly and like they don't finish the conversation, then there will be at least one more appearance with them again. So we'll have to see that. I think that the idea that you won't see them again is like, I think they're, they're going to have them on uh, like the happily ever after or the other way. Like it's happening. They're coming back. I just don't want it to be true. I Like I know right. that uh, you've seen so much more of them than myself because this is my first 90 day, like full season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, I feel like they put so much emphasis on Jenny and Sumit's story throughout the entire season even at like the most ridiculous parts that didn't mean anything that I think TLC loves them. I don't think that they're going anywhere. They, now you have the correct read for having watched the season. They are one of the beloveds, them, Ari and Binium, uh, Brandon and Julia from the other season at this point, there's and like Colt, anything Colt's involved with. There's a couple couples. They will always keep bringing back in some I'm capacity. Sorry. This is an adult man named Colt. That might be the season I make you watch, Kirsten. If you you learning about Colt is probably one of the things I'd be the most fascinated about. That, so that's a name for a baby horse. Why would you name your child that? <laughs> you just wait. You wait till you meet Colt and Debbie. You're not ready. You are not. You will Debbie. think back to this moment when I make you watch the season. You're like, he did say I wasn't ready. It's going to be wild. So prepare yourself mentally. I don't want to. Sorry, I don't need to know anymore. I, I apologize. I've, I've dragged this on. We, I think we should move on to some joy and happiness. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, that's exactly why we left this couple for last. They say save the best for last. We did. They're the perfect couple to put a bow on the season with before we jump into the tall next week. Let's talk about how beautiful every single frame from Kenny and Armando's wedding was, Kirsten. It was very sweet. It really was. Like, just... I'm just really glad that these two crazy kids made it work out. I don't know. There was not one bad thing that happened at this wedding. And we talked about this last week. I thought I said that they're probably doing a scare thing. It's going to be completely fine. And it really was. 
So they get, they got ready separately. They wanted to do, you know, don't see each other before the ceremony. Love that. Uh, Kenny had a big confessional where he talked about he never thought this day would come. This is something he's been dreaming about for a long time. He gives us more insight about into how when he came out um, back in the day, like this wasn't something that was accepted. So and he's lost a lot of friends in the 80s and 90s that are not here now to witness this. But he he wishes that they were so they could see the progress that the world has made into having this be something that can happen. And that is what got me hearing about all of Kenny's friends who didn't make it. That made me very emotional. It was, it was a lot. I mean, I've, I was literally in my feels every time these two were on the screen and it was literally beautiful, beautiful, heartfelt, heartfelt the whole way through. Yeah. And they, they had just an absolutely gorgeous ceremony. Um, They walked up, they each walked up one side um, rather than having one aisle in the middle to represent the different paths that they took to get here, which mm-hmm. that also put me right into my feels. They did the wedding right. They, you know, they had met with the planners this season and like uh, Armando wanted this whole elaborate thing. And like they talked about getting into the details, making sure they have the right vendors. They nailed this wedding. This wedding was magnificent magnificent it was everything i wanted to see on the show and more and you know for a lot of people kenny and armando could be seen as like oh they're the dull couple there's not a lot of drama but they were the reason that this 14 episode run was worth seeing just to see this scene with them just to see this segment with them they are officially married now um deborah uh armando's sister has a confessional where she talks about how they have her full support and she's happy to see her brother happy. Um, Armando's dad, who a lot of people were, you know, concerned, who, curious like, of how he's going to go. He was shit. He wiped off tears off his face, Kirsten. If he that is an acceptance. Oh, my God. Like, th- that was his confessional, correct? Or he's like, you know what? Like, we act like it's something different, but this is normal. This is love. Like, mm-hmm. what's not to accept? Like, when... Like two episodes ago, we thought he wasn't going to come, that we thought that Armando thought he was going to be disgusted by um, Kenny and Armando's first kiss, that there was so much concern built up this whole season. It was really one of the only points of like contention in this couple. Mm -hmm. And for it to end up with his dad being like, being like at the end of the day, like, I'm your dad. You're my son. I love you. I support you. I accept you. This is normal and people need to get over it. Just beautiful. It was and like he, it's sad because that's truly the bare minimum like to expect from someone. But it was so built up that right. he was not going to be able to step over that bar that it just felt very, very, very meaningful. And like this was, you know, his story. Armando's dad's arc was probably the best arc we've seen on the show in a long, long time. They've been on two. This is their second season, Kenny and Armando. And from where he was the first time we saw him and heard from him to where he is now, he has grown so much. He has not only accepted who his son is, he has nothing but love for his son, nothing but support for his son. He has accepted Kenny into the family, and it was just a beautiful sight to behold. And it gave me a lot of joy, and I'm just so, so happy that for all the nonsense TLC puts on our screens, for all the problematic people they've put on the show in the past to and present, 
to <laughs> be able to put this on prime time and to put this in a place where everyone can see this and see this growth and see this love. Thank you, TLC. Thank you so much. I thank you, Kenny and Armando, for having your story be told on this season on this show with us. Yes, like it cannot have been easy to be so vulnerable. And especially when, you know, there are the concerns with Armando's family not being supportive, mm-hmm. but so appreciative of them for sharing. And like with Armando's dad, like it, it almost gives you a little bit of faith that, that people can change and grow, which I think we all need that faith in humanity right now. I agree wholeheartedly. I agree for a multitude of reasons. And Kenny did have one trick up his sleeve. Kenny did organize for some fireworks to come through to surprise Armando and said, you're my firework. And then in the confessional mentions that, you know, initially when Armando wanted this big wedding, he didn't quite understand it. But the more the closer they got to the event, he realized that this has to be big. This has to be a statement. This has to be, you know, them putting everything out there. And the fireworks to me were a sign of Kenny listening to Armando and doing something for Armando and for himself. And that is something that's rare in these couples. Like so many times, you know, we talked, we literally talked about, um, uh, what's it called? Steven being like, well, this guy sprung on me, not really listening, not really realizing what's going on in front of him. Kenny and Armando listen to each other. They work together. They try and heal together. And it's, it's phenomenal. It's a 10 out of 10. It's an 11 out of 10. Hell, it's a 20 out of 10 at this point. And I'm very, very much appreciative of that. The only bit of drama that's left with them that even existed was the adoption versus a new baby debate that's going to happen on the next time on. We're going to see it at the reunion where uh, Armando and Kenny are going to talk to Kenny's family about it. And that's going to be some contention. But I don't even want to talk about that right now. I just want to I just want to, you know, sit here and enjoy what we saw in this episode. Yeah, I it it was just a beautiful wedding. They looked amazing. They seemed so happy. They seem out of everyone on this show like a genuine couple that really cares about making it work rather than like each person wanting to win in some way. Um so it was really great to see and yeah, it looks like there is some ugly drama coming up which we've already seen a little preview of um i don't i can't remember if it was last episode or the one before um and then it's gonna come back in the the tell all but you know what at least then it will be softened by everyone shitting on steven (laughs) and that is going to be where we're gonna leave it here today happy ending with some excitement for everyone dunking on steven next week Kirsten, thank you so much for coming through here and celebrating the finale of 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, Season 3 with me. Where can people find you? What else do you have going on? Let them know. Yes. So uh, Riverdale is sadly back. So you can catch um, Frail Mary and I talking about that over on KowskiCast uh, at KowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K. Uh, as well as I have my weekly BoJack Horseman Rewatch podcast with Lindsay Wilson, BoJack Horse Pod. We are just wrapping up season four of BoJack. So uh, if anyone has watched that show, you know, that's a, it's a big pivotal moment uh so people should definitely step in there uh, and it is spoiler free for anyone who hasn't watched it's a great companion to watch the show for the first time as well and you can catch me on all social media at kirsten said what including twitch.tv slash kirsten said what perfect and you can find me on twitter at puyaism 
Let us know any feedback from this episode, any comments you want to make, any information you have that we might not be privy to is always appreciated. You can find me on twitch.tv slash queer. Do stream that three, four times a week. Come through, say hi. It's always a good time. And I will appreciate your presence. And also, of course, if you would like to leave a rating and review for this podcast, that would help a great deal too. It allows people to find this podcast, more eyes on the Hot Mess Express. And of course, if any feedback you give me there, I'm able to course correct and fix the show to make sure it is the best possible product for your ears. And we're not done here. I will be back in about 20 seconds to talk about the latest episode of Nine Day Fiance, The Single Life, which should be a good time. But until then, take care. Have a good one in a bit. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Wrap-Up Podcast. If you stepped away for a little bit, hope you had a good time. If you've been here for the last 20 seconds, hello again. All right, so we're here to talk about episode three of 90 Day Fiance, The Single Life. And I just got to say it again. Let me echo it once more. I am loving the length of these episodes. 44 minutes of content is the right amount. And then Big Ed was not on the episode. So it's a double whammy for me. I'm very happy. Both good instances. And I'm very excited. We don't have to talk about Big Ed. But we have to talk about the other people who are on the show. And let's see how I feel about them as we go along. Okay, so the first couple we're going to talk about here, and I say couple, they're the only couple here. Jesse and Jennifer were the first ones to get featured here on today's episode. And it was very interesting. So as you may know, the last time we saw them, Jesse has now arrived to the arms of Jennifer after a long travel. And they are now meeting up for the first time in person. And the little bit of tidbit they gave us in the insight into the relationship was Jennifer wants a, a the physical initiation. She wants to feel love. She wants to feel that intimacy. Whilst Jesse is telling us in confessional that he would like to take things slow. He wants to get to know her, you know, get to know her soul. Jesse, to me, plays like a douchey Chad who thinks he's like well-learned and wise. And it plays off like it comes off inauthentic. It comes off artificial to me. I'm like, you're trying to be deeper than what you are. We know you're not that deep. Stop it. But it's fine. Let's move on. So then when we get to the cab, they're still in the cab, obviously. So we pick up where we left off. They're in the cab. And Jesse's asking Jennifer, like, are, do you find it easy to meet people here? Like, what's the situation? And she kind of talks about how, you know, I've, I've, I've had the same friends the whole time. I'm not really meeting new people. And obviously, we know that she hasn't told him yet that she's been, you know, seeing someone whilst they've been talking. So that'll be interesting to see. That doesn't come up this episode. So you know you're going to get a little bit of drama somewhere down the line. That's good. Then Jennifer tells us in confessional that, you know, I'm, we're sitting in this cab. He's not even, you know, he's not initiating anything. He's not, I don't feel close to him. And she says, I hope it's not as boring as it was with Tim. I'm learning from Jennifer that if you do not, like, if you're not a traditional, like, 
under the belief that a man should make the first move always, she doesn't like that. She doesn't see that as good and she sees that as dull because she brings this up a couple times during the episode where she mentions very clearly, I will not initiate. I am not going to be the one to do it. That's boring to me. And she keeps using the word boring, which I don't understand what, how, what, okay, I don't get it, but that's fine. And then she mentions also that he needs to prove that he is a man by doing so is what she says. Again, this is a lot of her feelings towards Tim being projected onto Jesse. But then obviously Jesse is also not telling her, I want to take it slow. I want to get to know you first. So they are not communicating and it's causing this problem for them. Okay. So now let's move on to the next scene where they go to the restaurant you know, to have a little bit of something to eat. They've dressed up for it. I told you last week, uh, Jesse's out here wearing a blue bedazzled jacket with a blue bow tie that's also bedazzled. And, you know, they both look good. They're both, you know, they're, they're beautiful people. So they look good. And Jesse goes full pretentious at this date in not a good way. Not that you can be pretentious in a good way, but it's Jesse. So it's extra icky, but. Uh, Jesse sits down and he goes, hola, waiter, like kind of trying to call the waiter over. And then the waiter talks to him and he doesn't understand anything because he doesn't know the language, obviously. So then they order some drinks and they order food. They get, they both get the filet mignon and Jesse doesn't say, you know, what temperature he wants the food. He doesn't really make the order. He basically says, whatever she wants, I'll get. That sounds good to me. I agree with everything she says. So then the drinks come in and he takes his Merlot and he kind of sniffs. He's like, <laughs> Hmm. It kind of smells like pee. Tasa goes, this is disgusting. I don't like it. And then the food comes and he's like, oh, this is raw. And I'm not, all I'm thinking is this is your first date. This is your first dinner with this person. You can't firm your food. And like, this is your first meal in her like home country. I just found the whole thing to be very off-putting. And even Jennifer had a confessional where she said that she found what he was doing to be rude. I was like, that's good. I like that very much. Okay, that's very good. But it was awful. And he basically, he returned the steak. And he's like, yeah, I'm not, I didn't get the drink I wanted. The food's not good. I'm sorry, Mia Moore. And I'm like, shut up, Jesse. You're the worst. You're really the worst. And obviously, for those of you uh, who have been watching Jesse on 90 Day from way back when, he doesn't know how to cut a steak on a bias, so he doesn't know what steak's about, you know? Okay. All right, so then, oh, one more thing. Jennifer initiated some footsie action under the uh, uh, under the table, and Jesse said, would you like to chill with that? Jesse uh, also now cutting in advance, but then they get back to the hotel, and Jesse's like, yeah, you know, I want us to relax. I want us to chill a little bit. I think that'll be a good idea. Okay, Jesse, that's a good idea. You know, get a little bit of. Uh, companion chill, alone time, hang out, cool off, whatever you want to call it. And he goes, yeah, let's do some yoga. That's exactly what I want to do. After a meal, after a steak dinner, I would like to do some yoga. That sounds like the thing for me. And Jennifer's a little bit confused by this. But then the yoga position, he's like, okay, yeah, so come. They both sit on the bed, and he's like, all right, put your legs around me and, like, come close, and then we're going to breathe into each other. Uh, this took approximately three seconds before they were making out. So there you go. Jennifer gets her want. The making out is happening. He's making out with her. And that's kind of where we end with them. So we don't know where it goes from here. We don't know what happens next. But and then in the next time on with them, what we do see is that Jennifer introduces Jesse to her daughter and says, you know, if you want a relationship with me, she comes into it too. And Jesse says something along the lines of, you know, this is a new thing for me. I'm like, no, it's not. Um, Darcy had two daughters that you did not 
you know, initiate a bond with. So this is, in fact, your third chance, and you sound like you're not going to do well here either, but we'll keep an eye out for that, and we'll see where we go. Now, the next person we're going to talk about here is Sinjin. Obviously, Sinjin is someone who we did not see in the first episode. Here he is on episode three for the second time, and we're getting a lot of Sinjin content. I feel like Sinjin might end up being a heavy hitter on this season of 90 Day Fiancé, The Single Life. So... We Where we pick up with Sinjin is they have now, since they've talked about having the divorce, he says home living's been a little bit rough, but they're gearing up to go to dinner with uh, Tanya's mom and Tanya's sister, Andrea, to talk about the divorce and tell them, hey, we're getting divorced. Now, it's a little bit complicated with them because apparently uh, Tanya's mom co-sponsored Sinjin. So what that, what that means is that when you come to America under the K-1 visa, your American counterpart is financially responsible for you. They are sponsoring you and they're financially responsible for you until one of three things happens until either you become a citizen of the United States until you give up residency in the United States, as in you leave or you pass away. So these are the three things that uh, this is contingent on until one of these three things happen. The American counterpart is responsible for you financially. So, and if you can't do it alone, you can get a co-sponsor, you know, a parent or something like that, which is what they've done. So now they're going to go to Tanya's mom and be like, hey, uh, listen, uh, we're going to get divorced, but then also you're still responsible for him and he's going to, you know, find a new person in America. So it's definitely going to be a tough conversation, as you can imagine. And on top of that, they show us some flashbacks of Sinjin interacting with Tanya's mom and they're not in a good place. They're not like friends or anything. They uh, definitely have butted heads before. So they already, you know, built all of this up for us. We know it's going to be absolute chaos at this dinner. Then they go to dinner and Tanya's mom comes in with the energy of, oh, you, it sounded like you have something to tell us. Or, what's the occasion? Are you guys pregnant? Oh, Tanya's mom. You are not ready for what's about to come on your look. <laughs> come to your plate. It's going to be bad for you, Tanya's mom. And sure enough, uh, Sinjin is trying to get the words, but it won't come out. He's having a real eight mile moment with mom's spaghetti. He looks nervous uh, and he's struggling to get the words out. They cut the scene. We go to some other people. We come back and he tells her like, yeah, we're, we're, you know, thinking of separating and it's been a long time coming, blah, 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 blah. And the mom does not really react well to this and says, um, yeah, I really thought you were going to say you're pregnant. And Sinjin says, well, actually, one of the reasons we ended up landing on divorce is because of the whole kid thing where I don't really want children and Tanya does and it's not going to work out. And Tanya's mom immediately was like, oh, well, so then what? You just strung my daughter along for three years? He's like, no, I didn't know I didn't want children till like later. I didn't know that when we first were getting serious. So this comes up. And then the mom says, well, then you can go back to South Africa then, which never, never good in any way you say it in any context, especially here. Sinjin can't handle this. And like, obviously gets a little bit upset, walks off, uh, leaves the table. And Tanya's mom goes, see, that's that immaturity coming in. It's like, well, you're like, he's three to one here. Tanya's mom, it's you, your daughters and him. He is alone. He is in a foreign country alone. And you're putting all of this on his neck. Like your daughter's not sitting there. Also one half of this divorce and your daughter's the one who said they're not soulmates. So, uh, it takes two to tango and they're both, you know, they've both come to this conclusion. Don't put it on this guy. But anyway, so Sinjin leaves, obviously he walks away. 
And he's like, you know, I'm ready to move on with, with all this. And, and it's like, okay, that's it. That covers them. And then the next time I'm with Sinjin, we see Sinjin starting to get back on the dating train. He signs up for a dating app and he's like, I don't know how Tanya is going to take this when she finds out I'm on a dating app. Uh, probably not good, Sinjin, because y'all still live together. So it's going to get messy, which again, this is the type of messy I want to see on the show. I'm excited for Sinjin on this season of the single life. And I can't wait to see what happens when Tanya finds out about this dating app. Now, let's go to the next person. And this is someone I'm not really excited to see. I'm already over them and it's three episodes in. <laughs> it's going to be rough. It's Stephanie. Now, Stephanie, last we saw her, had a sex coach give her homework and the homework was make a self-love video so that you can appreciate yourself and that will help you out with your um, celibacy demons shall we put it okay so she they show us her making the video and like she's trying to you know find which which um device am i going to use or oh, this one's dead okay i'm going to use this one i guess then she draws a bath does her thing and then the next scene we arrive she's getting ready for her date with her hairstylist now this will be the question for this week that i ask you and of course you can reply to me on twitter at puyism and let me know would you date someone who shares your first name because the hairstylist name is Stephanie, her name is Stephanie, and they are now going on a date to Stephanie's one date. Let me know. What are your thoughts? Are you opposed to this? Are you for this? Personally, I don't think I could hack it. I would like for there to be one Puya in the relationship, and I want to be the best Puya I can possibly be. The idea of me being the second best Puya in a relationship, I don't like that. I don't want that. It's too much competition. No, thank you. So they have the same name. Anyway, they go to this date, and. Stephanie clearly is being very awkward, very much like nervous and like nervous energy. She starts laughing out loud for no reason, has a confessional where she says she does this when she's nervous and then says, you know, the entire time we've been here, I've been doing exercises. Yeah. Have you heard of Kegel exercises? I'm like, Stephanie, that is not a first date conversation. And let, let me let you know, Stephanie's the one who keeps saying this is a first date and this is a date with Stephanie. And I'm excited for this date with Stephanie. I can't wait for this date with Stephanie. And then. Tells the hairstylist, yeah, I would like for this to be a date. I wasn't really sure if this was a date. You told us it was a date. What do you mean you didn't know? How are you not going to know if it's a date or not? Okay? That's weird. And then Stephanie, and, and we'll call her hairstylist Stephanie, so you're not confused. Hairstyler Stephanie talks about, in her confessional, how the relationship she has with 90 Day Stephanie is of a flirtatious nature, and that's you know, that's kind of the vibe they've had together for a long time. And then they're talking about like, what kind of, t well, what's your type? And Stephanie says, yeah, I like the exotic dangerous types, like with tattoos. And I thought tattoos don't make you exotic or dangerous. They're tattoos. Whatever. I, I feel like this is me not really liking Stephanie coming to the surface, but I feel like you understand my pain. So we're in this together, y'all. We're in this together. And then Stephanie, 90 day Stephanie, that is, proposes, hey, Let's go have dessert back at my house, which to me screams we're having dessert at my house being something else. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So then in the next time on, we see 90 Day Stephanie and hairstylist Stephanie back at her place. And 90 Day Stephanie asks permission to kiss hairstylist Stephanie. Also, let me again to remind you, this is one of the reasons why I, I, I don't like Stephanie. I feel like Stephanie is being inauthentic on the show. Stephanie on the show keeps talking about how, you know, I want to lose the celibacy and 
you know, I've been battling with this celibacy thing. I'm not really like open like that. But then there's this whole other like OnlyFans life that she lives. There's these jarred farts that we've learned about this last week that she sells. And I'm like, it just plays like two different people. And I feel like especially in this day and age, you can't really you, you like you can't expect us to not know that side. And this side, a lot of these 90 day people get more mainstream coverage now with like bigger uh, news accounts and stuff reporting on the stuff they do or like articles coming out and stuff. So people magazine puts out pictures of them. So you can't you, you really can't do two narrations like we see right through it. So that's what I don't like. But also, listen, I'm just a guy who sits here and talks about this show and <laughs> enjoys it, sometimes enjoys it. And gets a little annoyed, but sometimes enjoys it and is happy about it. But it is the Hot Mess Express, so you know what you've signed up for if you're still here. Being a hot mess, it's time for Debbie. Now, Debbie had a date lined up by the name of Edward. Edward was a date that she was fixed up with through... um uh, what was her name? <laughs> I blind for that. Vanessa, sorry. Uh, Vanessa, aka Colt's uh, fiance, Vanessa, set up this date for her with this man, Edward. And Edward is a older gentleman. He is British. And these are the things we learn about him. Upon first sight, Debbie tells us that she thinks he's cute and cuddly and goes on to mention that he's very cute and cuddly multiple times. And then if you thought the Stephanie date was awkward, this was awkward squared. This was not good. So Edward and uh, Debbie are on the car, in the car, on the way to a bar. And she, she brings up, you know, she, she can't stand silence. It was like silent for two seconds. She's like, oh, I got a tattoo recently, you know, just because I wanted to. Uh, are you into tattoos? And he said, no, I'm not into tattoos. I don't like them. She's like, oh, yeah, no, well, I got this one. I didn't really care for tattoos either, but I got this one. And then it got awkward silent again. And then two seconds later, she said, um, I have cats. Uh, you want to see them? Uh, this is Cookie. And as she's saying this, Edward says, it's all right. I don't need to see her. Edward was ready to turn the car around. I'm sorry. First date and someone's trying to show you a picture. You say you don't need to see it. Already, you know, it's going to be a bad time. Already, you know, it's going to be a bad time. So then they get to this bar and um, they give us an Edward confessional. Edward says that, oh, yeah, Debbie looked a lot older than I expected. Oh, Edward, you don't know what to say, do you? Oof. Um, and then he said that she's got that ability to talk a lot, which didn't, that's not the way you compliment someone who likes talking. You can say, oh, they're very well spoken or they're, they like to chat or they're a good conversation. I just mentioned three different ways you could have said that way better than, yeah, she's got that ability to talk a lot. Not a good one at all. But then, oh my God. I told you it's awkward squared. Maybe it's awkward cubed because I kind of forgot about this until I looked at my, um, <laughs> looked at my notes. So the question comes up of, Oh, do you, do you drink? Debbie asks Edward, do you drink? Edward said, no, I'm not really a fan of drinking. I don't drink. And then she proceeded. They, the, the lady comes to take their order and he orders a tonic with lime and she ordered something called a scorpion. And then the, um, the server asked her, so you want the scorpion? That's six shots, 64 ounces. Is that okay? And Debbie was like, yeah. And I'm like, damn, Debbie, that's a lot of drink, but you, you know, you go for it. I didn't realize how big the drink was until it showed up. It was the size of my head. This was a, this was a big drink. Like, I feel like this is a drink that you put two straws in. 
you know, one for you, one for your date kind of thing. It was a look. If I drink this big drink, like I can firm it probably, but then I, the seal's broken. I'm, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. Like it's going to be a rough time. No, Debbie went full scorpion, you know, went with it. And then in her confessional, Debbie was like, yeah, um, if he doesn't like to drink, that's his problem. <laughs> it's like, okay, Debbie, go you. Um, and then, but Edward, you know, in his confessional then talks about how he thinks that he's probably going to have to like, drive her home because she's going to be like too drunk or whatever. And then they start talking about the blue pill. And he's like, yeah, you know how some men like they need the blue pill. I'm I'm lucky enough that I don't need the blue pill. And I intend on having sex well into my 80s. So that he's bringing all this up. And I think this is where Debbie thinks, ooh, like this, this could go somewhere. Very cool. Very cool. And then Edward slightly says, well, uh, so what are we going to do when I have to like um carry you home? implying that you're going to be too drunk. And Debbie says, well, it depends what time you're carrying me home. And I was like, I don't need to see this. This seems private. But then they, he, he's driving her home. And, you know, I think Debbie thinks it's going somewhere. I've already listed the, the five different types of awkward this date was. They get to her door and Edward says, yeah, just so you know, though, I'm not feeling a love connection, his words. And she was like, oh, okay. Like, okay, good, good night. He leaves. She goes into the house and she tells us, she's like, I, I've never been in the friend zone. This is the first time I've gone on a date and I've been put in the friend zone. And then she started crying and I really felt bad for Debbie. And Debbie told us, you know, she was married for 27 years and then she was a widow for 13 years. This, it's been so hard to get back in the dating scene. And I felt my heart feel many things for Debbie. Debbie just wants love like the rest of us. Debbie just wants a companion. A, a partner and it's, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to be put in the, put in the friend zone like that. So I feel bad for Debbie. I commend Debbie for going out there and shooting her shot. Uh, but it was very clear Edward and Debbie were not going to be a match made in heaven. So that covers us with Debbie. Uh, actually did not see a next time on for Debbie. So maybe Debbie's getting a bye week next week which upsets me because I'd rather see Debbie than Big Ed, but Big Ed will be back. So brace yourselves for more Big Ed. And that brings us to the last person on the list, Natalie. Folks, Natalie's back. Um, Natalie um, sucks. Okay, Natalie, you know, she, she tells us I have my second date with Johnny. Remember Johnny, the guy from last week who she told I don't like drinking, I'm not a party girl, I'm not looking for a party guy, and then he put his drink away, got water, and then he said, yeah, I believe in God 200%. So they're having a second date, that's going to happen, but I guess Johnny invited her to this modeling workshop, and she is very excited that she got invited to this modeling workshop, because if you know, Natalie wants to work as an actress in modeling, she wants that life, and she feels like this is a invitation that means a lot to her, because Johnny is supporting something that's her dreams and like helping out with that in a way that Cole, uh, Cole, sorry, Mike could never. She said, Michael didn't support my dreams. So look at that. Johnny already doing more with one date than Michael ever has by the sounds of it. And then she tells us she believes that she looks 20 and is a goddess, very much feeling herself, this Natalie. And they do a couple of runway exercises at this modeling workshop. Oh yeah. And, uh, Johnny's there, obviously. And then they were, they were given a challenge by the instructors, like post together as a couple. And they did that. And then Johnny was very excited for the second date. They're doing the second date tomorrow is what she tells us. And the whole, the one thing that Natalie brings up a couple times here. And then on the next time on, that's the main feature is she wants to tell Johnny 
that she is separated but married. It's imperative that she tells him that because she doesn't want to lead him on. And in the next episode on their date, she will be telling Johnny this and we will be getting that reaction. So brace yourselves for more drama coming into 90 Day the Single Life episode four. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm loving this season. I'm having a lot of fun watching 90 Day Fiance the Single Life. This has been a very fun, fun start to the season three episodes in. It's again, it's the right amount of length. It's the right amount of messy. It's the right amount of cringe. It's not too, like, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's perfect. It's like, it's like we've hit a equilibrium with the content for single life. And I will be continuing to cover it here. Now, obviously next week we've got the uh, first part of the tell all. Then I think we'll have a second part of the tell all because the new season of 90 day fiance before the 90 day starts on the 12th of December. So we're about a week away from that. Actually, you know what? Let me just quickly look at this calendar here. Um, yeah, unless they do, sorry, the 14th. So unless they do two, uh, the tell all and the premiere of the new 90 day on the same night, the 14th of December is going to be a big night for 90 day. So I'll catch you there for that, obviously. And as well as the next episode, I will be having Sasha on with me to talk about the first part of the tell all. You can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. And you can find me talking about the mass singer with Liana Boris over on the, uh, the mass singer wrap up. As well, please leave a rating and review for this podcast. Uh, it allows people to find this podcast and that would mean a great deal to me. That's on robinsonwebsite.com slash 90 day fiance number nine, number zero day fiance. And if you have any feedback for me personally off the reviews, you've already done a review. Feel free to do that on Twitter and let me know. Would you date someone that shares your first name? Yes or no. I'm very curious. I appreciate y'all being here with me. We have now arrived at the destination with the hot mess express. We will leave now and we'll see you next week with some more 90 day shenanigans. Until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.